Thank you for listening to this DuPont Media production, available on all major podcast platforms. This is Rod Peterson On Demand. Super Bowl 56 is in two weeks. You've seen all of the stats and the numbers and everything. It's, it's going to be a delicious two weeks here. The Bengals were 300 to 1 underdogs. 300 to 1 to get to the Super Bowl. It's This is the biggest, unlikeliest underdog to make it to the Super Bowl in Vegas betting history. So nobody saw this matchup of the Rams and the Bengals. I think we all kind of saw that there's a chance it could be the Rams, but not the Bengals, man. This is the Rod Peterson Show. Hey, it sure is. Hello, Canada and Canadian sports fans in the United States and around the world. It's the RP Show. It's episode number 687 of your favorite daytime sports talk show coming to you from South Florida. That's where I'm at. And uh, the Moose, the Moose is loose. He's in the NHL's Bermuda Triangle, and we welcome to the program today. Hey, Moose, I don't know what we're going to talk about today. I I can tell you this. (laughs) Just, Just under the wire, just before... We went to air. I got the tweet out. I was looking for just the right GIF on my Twitter feed to promote our Listen Live feed because we're streaming 24-hour sports radio, the world's best cast secret, plus we're on Game Plus TV. So I'm tweeting all that, and it's Tom Brady giving a in a Buccaneers uniform, by the way. Uh, Yes, that's going to be a lot of our talk today over the next two hours. Tom Brady officially announcing his retirement this morning after 22 seasons. If anybody was listening to the intro, you called it yesterday, so neither of us know Tom, but clearly you know him better than I do, and we'll be talking about that. I'd like to ask the viewers what's their best Tom Brady memory, if they have one, uh, throughout the program. You can tweet at us. You can text us on the 902 line. You can write it on the YouTube feed, if that's where you're watching the program from. Uh, if I may, Moose, yeah. um, two things on Tom Brady. I, When he came off through the NFL, we all remember in 2001, I was never a Patriots fan. So it's like Tom's doing his thing over there. I wasn't a Michigan fan, so whatever. He started to win Super Bowls. He's setting records. And obviously, there was a coolness about him. But after he won about his fourth Super Bowl, and when the deflate gate happened and then the spy gate with his coach, people really started to turn on Tom Brady, a la what happened with Wayne Gretzky back in the day, a little bit with Sidney Crosby. That made me like Tom more. He was almost the underdog to me, despite all of his Super Bowls, because there was so much hate. We've realized over the years that it's just jealousy, because there's no real reason not to like Tom Brady. So from a personal aspect, that's why I loved him, because he continued to win and smile despite all that. And But I would say his fifth Super Bowl of his seven, the greatest comeback ever uh, against the Atlanta Falcons, is my favorite Tom Brady memory, down 28-3, late third quarter. The owner of the Falcons came down out of his luxury suite. He stopped eating shrimp cocktail for a minute to go down to the sideline to accept the trophy. You idiot, if you wonder why the Falcons had never won anything. And Tom just like, oh, hold my beer. And here we go. So for a few reasons, that's why I love Tom Brady so much. A little disappointed this morning. That I'm, I'm usurping myself. I'm scooping myself. That's the first of the quick six show topics. What's your uh, Tom Brady thoughts? Yeah, you know, it's tough. Um, it's really tough. I, he's such a great uh, football player, and we've kind of fallen in love with him. And I'm with you. You know, it wasn't until later in his career that I really started to fall in love with Tom Brady. You know, early on, he's winning all the time. Like, I'm sick of this guy winning. Let's just let somebody else win. But then he starts dealing with some adversity and overcoming that adversity. And that's when I started to, you know, follow the brand a little bit more, follow him, get inside who he is. And you started to like him more and more and more and the kind of person he is. Um, There's two things for me. I mean, 
the my favorite memory is the the box Super Bowl. I mean, because it was so improbable. It was so improbable. They weren't supposed to win. Tom at that age can't win, right? It's kind of Tom against the world. He can't be Patrick Mahomes and the Chiefs. And then they did. And then the whole party on the boat with the uh, the tequila and the trophy toss. I mean, it was all the, the memory because it was kind of he was the underdog in that Super Bowl and he won. So for me, that was my favorite Tom memory. I'll welcome viewer comments already a little earlier than normal here uh, from Jack Fulton and. Uh, Alberta TB12 is truly a class act. Love Tom Brady. Brady Leovold watching in Muskoka, Ontario. He's the GOAT athlete and has a great last name from my cousin Christine in Medicine Hat. She says, My daughter will be in tears over the Brady news. Which one, Chris? Which daughter? Jeff in Winnipeg. Jeff Cabello says, Haters gonna hate, but he's the GOAT. And uh, now the comments are coming in like crazy from BW. Good morning from frozen northern Alberta. Good morning to you. I also got to say this. At some point, you will all in Canada, where they're behind in the broadcast regulation world, at some point, you're going to get to see Tom Brady and uh, the man in the arena. We finished it last night, the, all, the ninth episode. And another reason why I'm sort of like a namaste with Tom is I kind of get it, because they go deep into the Alex Guerrero, his doctor, that the Patriots banned from the sidelines and banned from traveling with the team. And Tom gets into it in the in the documentary, Darren. He's like, wait, 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 wait a minute. Just because he's encouraging me to work out differently than everybody else, because I don't need to do the same workouts as a 375-pound D tackle, okay? And maybe because he's training me a little different, rehabbing me different, I'm still winning. But nope, that wasn't good enough for Bill Belichick. Nope, you need to be like everybody else. Just reminds me at the radio station. How come Rod's only here two hours a day? We're all here for eight. Uh, Rod's bringing in millions, okay? We're not. I never got that latitude. Nor did Tom Brady. And you brought up something uh, that in, where did you see it? It was in a statement that nowhere did he mention the New England Patriots. Yeah. Oh, no. He didn't. And, that, and that's, that's the talk, you know, right now. And it's a lot of the buzz. Oh, he didn't mention the Patriots in his eight, you know, um, point speech or his tweet, right? It was eight tweets, eight posts in a row on his retirement. But you know what? This, I don't think it's a story, even though I mentioned it to you. I don't think it's a story because this is about the Bucks. He closed. You know, his time with the New England Patriots, he said goodbye to the fans there. He did the whole thing in New England. This is now about this. Now, if he, you know, when he gets into the Hall of Fame, if he doesn't mention the Patriots then, that might be a little slap in the face, right? In his big Hall of Fame speech, or if he goes on, you know, a big uh, feature and starts talking about his career. But this is, uh, this is about the last two years and about this chapter and about his retirement. So I don't think it's a big story, but everybody's going to talk about it. Now, wait till you watch the documentary. By the way, are you okay? Or was somebody trying to talk in your ear? You, it's like you got stung by a bee. Are you okay? Yeah, I'm good. Did, did I get a little... Okay. Okay. You were just slurring and stuttering a little bit and just reminded me of maybe the guy that I saw in the parking lot of the Marathon <laughs> gas station yesterday pounding, pounding light beer at 10 a.m. <laughs> I'm like, oh. been had there. A, had a little cough syrup this morning. Yeah, I'm glad I'm not anymore. I was putting some air in my tires of my Jeep, and I'm like, see you later, amigo. Okay.
The official story from the Associated Press, Tom Brady, the greatest quarterback in NFL history, is retired after winning seven Super Bowls and setting numerous passing records in an unprecedented 22-year career. Tom wrote in a, in a lengthy post on Instagram, this is difficult for me to write, but here it goes. I am not going to make that competitive commitment anymore. I have loved my NFL career, and now it is time to focus my time and energy on other things that require my attention. Brady has long stated his desire to spend more time with his wife, supermodel Giselle Bundchen, and children despite still playing at the top of his game. We'll get into this more uh, later. Let's move on. By the way, the guest today from Winnipeg Sports Talk, Hustler Patterson. He wants to take you to task, I feel, with your Connor Hellebuck to the Orders supposition yesterday. And also Eric, Eric Engels from Sportsnet Montreal is going to be with us. Um, I wanted to particularly ask him about Carey Price and what he sees in the future for CP31. By the way, uh, let's jump to the poll question for Capital Automall Universal Collision Center today. Who should the Edmonton Oilers acquire in goal? These are options that I came with on my own, guys that I've heard that they may or may not be talking to or about. Braden Holtby, Marc-Andre Fleury, Martin Jones. Or other leading the way right now, the flower. Uh, coming in second in the vote, Braden Holtby, who I think they should. I've been championing that for two years. And I looked right. up his stats today. He's played the most games in Dallas of their goalies. We got Anton Hubob and whatever sitting in the minors. The guy that took him to the Stanley Cup a couple of years ago. They got too many goalies in Dallas. Trade Holtby. You guys aren't going anywhere. So. That. And by the way, one of our sponsors writing in from yesterday, when I opened up the text line, there was a text here from Chris Chuba Hubbard. He says, my Oilers already have a Martin Jones. His name is Miko Koskinen. Signed, Chuba and Regina. I don't even know what that means. What does that mean? Martin Jones was pretty good in San Jose for a while now. Because I remember when he was uh, lighting it up with the Sharks, I'm like, how come the Flames couldn't draft him? They had him right under their nose with the Hitman for years. And he goes to San Jose and lights it up. So anyways, the, uh, the viewers want to see him and the voters want to see him. The Oilers go with the flower. Anyways, last night in the NHL, they're really going off here in South Florida, Moose, about what happened in Columbus. Sam Reinhardt scored his fifth career hattie lifting the Florida Panthers over the Blue Jackets 8-4 Monday for their fourth straight win. Mason Marchment, remember him, the former Leaf? Had two goals and four assists for a career-high six points to help Florida secure top spot in the NHL overall. Heading into the All-Star break, Alexander Barkov, Owen Tippett, and Mackenzie Wieger also scored, and Reinhardt had an assist. I don't know what it was like before I came here you know, for a lengthy period of time. I'd been in and out, but yeah. not where I'd spent months like this. They're going Panthers nuts. I'm not joking. This, their 75 goals in the month of January are the most by any NHL team in a calendar month in the last 25 seasons. Florida's 12 wins this month, also a team record. So I don't know if they cared back in the day, but they really care now. Like you turn on the radio and they're talking about the Florida Panthers. Coming from Canada, that doesn't seem like groundbreaking news, but it is. And the other thing they're talking about, Moose, is your guy, Jim Harbaugh. Looks like he's going to come coach the Miami Dolphins. You've been a Wolverines fan for a year. How does this sit with you? 
you know what? And then finally, it's the first year that Harbaugh beat Ohio State. You know, I think if it was a year ago, people would be happy to see him leave in Michigan. But now that he had some success and got to a national semifinal, they want, to, they want him to stay. So, yeah, it kind of sucks from a Michigan point of view. I think he's okay. Um, he's also apparently getting flown into uh, Minnesota, right, for an in-person interview in Minnesota and uh, Miami. So the door is open for a return to the NFL, which is, uh, is kind of wild. But uh, he's had a lot of success in the NFL. As uh, for here, the Dolphins media seems to think that he's coming to Miami, Bob. We'll see. Anyways, moving on. In Toronto, the Maple Leafs hit the midseason mark with another dramatic come-from-behind win. A six-game goal-scoring streak from Mitch Marner and a Hattie from Austin Matthews. The Leafs notched a 6-4 victory against the New Jersey Devils to extend their win streak to four games. And they now have the identical record to which they enjoyed at the 41-game point a year ago. When I was reading that summary this morning, I thought that was particularly poignant. That it's the exact same record, 28-10-3, as last year at the midway. So how do we feel about that? I think we feel better. One of the areas from a Toronto point of view is... You talk about the character of those young players and how maybe it's not there come playoff time. In years past, when they go down in games like this by two or three goals, we don't see them come back. They kind of pack it in and say, hey, we'll come back next game and, and they can play with anybody. But to show that ability to come back, even against teams like New Jersey, I think it is big. And I think, they, I think they're in a better spot than they were last year. But again, it's a different game in the playoffs. No, no kidding. But listen, I'm caught up in this COVID time warp like everybody else. But it says, I'm reading from the wire copy. They now have the identical record to which they enjoyed at the 41 game point a year ago. Okay, I, now I got it. It's, they played 56 games last year. So they weren't at the midway point last year, but it's after 41 games. I got it. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Because the story was that, oh, that they're, they're at the all-star break. And here's right. the record. Okay, I got it. Too many pucks off the melon here. In Ottawa, Tim Stutzla squeezed the puck into the top corner of the net to beat Miko Koskinen with 37.6 seconds remaining in overtime. Thomas Shabbat and Nick Paul each scored for the Senators. Matt Murray made 37 saves for the Oil. Connor McDavid and Darnell Nurse scored as Koskinen stopped 28 shots. The game wrapped up a four-game homestand for the Sens. They are at the Islanders tonight in their final game before the All-Star break. The Oilers will take on the Washington Capitals Wednesday in their final game before the All-Star break. In Chicago, Vancouver Canucks coach Bruce Boudreau said he liked his goaltender tandem of Thatcher Demko and Yaroslav Halak. Monday, it was Halak's turn. He made 20 saves and Brock Besser scored leading Vancouver to a 3-1 victory over the listless Chicago Blackhawks. Our buddy, Luke Shen, scored for Vancouver, as did Alex Chason. <clears throat> Canucks have dropped 4-5. The NHL, by the way, is a move on to point three, and its Players Association announced new changes to their COVID-19 protocol, including a removal of daily tests for the fully vaccinated. The league says the new rules will come into effect for each team immediately following that club's last game before the All-Star break. It adds that the new regulations are in place alongside local, state, provincial, and federal health laws. 
my take on that is okay it doesn't make any sense any more sense than before we know that you can spread the virus even though you're fully vaccinated so what the hell have we been doing here they just want to get back playing that's my take and i guess we'll squeeze this in point four Gary Trent Jr. scored 31 points. Spicy P added 23. And the Toronto Raptors snapped Atlanta's seven-game winning streak with a 106-100 win Monday night. Gary Trent, I think, I think he's my favorite Raptor, hit three threes in the closing minutes of the third quarter, including a buzzer beater, and then connected early again in the fourth to put the Raps up 85-77. We are four-sixths of the way. Milestone High School math. Two-thirds of the way. Through the quick six show topics. When we come back, I got some stay five at the Scotties. Athletes for Canada testing positive at Beijing. And then some CFL notes. Cody Fajardo has agreed to take a pay cut. How about that? How about and that? Uh, Jeremiah, Jeremiah Masoli seems to be the belt of the ball in CFL free agency. So that's ahead. You're watching the RP Show on the Game Plus Television Network, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Hey, honey, can you get one of the kids to show me how this Twitter thing works? Honey, I need to get on Instagram. Time for more of the Rod Peterson Show. And we're back, and we continue from South Florida. One half of the show, the other, the NHL's Bermuda Triangle. Uh, you're going to like this, Moose. A uh, couple things. Viewers commenting in as I asked them to. We may pick up on your topics. We may not. So stay tuned. We're getting to that. I see some things in there I want to talk about, some things I don't want to talk about. But hey, Jeff Foxworthy, the master of redneck comedy is coming to the Great Eagle Event Center Saturday, May 28th. Actor, writer, producer, and former host of Are You Smarter Than a Fifth Grader? Jeff Foxworthy's hilarious show can't be missed. Tickets available at Ticketmaster.ca. I hope it lines up during our third residency that will be there for that. I would love to go see Jeff Foxworthy and Moose. When that first came out, I 20-some years ago, um, I remember his, yeah. all his things about you might be a redneck all applied <laughs> to me. One specifically... <laughs> One specifically was, if you've ever had a spit tune on the end of your ironing board, you might be a redneck. <laughs> and I'm like, one time I was ironing with a dip in, I was like, reminded me, if you've ever had a vehicle in your front yard, you might be a red. What are you saying? To the front yard right now. Dad, yeah, and as my dad used to say, being a redneck used to be a good thing. And I'm like, I think it still is, Dad. I do. <laughs> so, anyways, I love that down. I love the redneck movies. comedy tour. You know, with it was Foxworthy, oh. Bill Engvall, um, oh man, Larry Ron White, guy. and Larry the Cable Guy. Larry, so great, so good. Sorry to cut you off. Um, the guys that were in charge of concerts at the Brand Center in the Queen City used to, told me that when Larry the Cable Guy came through and that tour, you know what his rider was? You know what he wanted? You'll never guess. No, I have no idea. He wanted 24 Molson Canadian cans 
and a log of berry skull snuff. That's all he wanted. He just fits the profile. He is the character on stage. So good. So good. I think he said for his... Oh, I, I'm not going to go any further than that. I sit here and tell stories <laughs> about those guys all the time. He did. Oh, yeah. He just said at his sister's wedding that the bridesmaids, they all wore brown dresses. And... They were large. The ladies were large. So he said when they for the wedding march, they played Convoy. They look like UPS trucks. Okay, I'll move on. Um, Scotties. Day five of the Scotties Tournament of Hearts is underway in Thunder Bay, Ontario. Teams from Pool A are playing today's morning and evening draws with Pool, e, pool A teams competing in the afternoon. Pool A leader Andrea Crawford of New Brunswick is off today. Her rank is at 5-0. and oh. I told Moose before we went to air to just rein me in today because my mind's in a million places. Waiting till noon Eastern to get on the air is a lot. It's a lot of waiting for a guy like me. And um, so I'm a little all over the place, just mentally. Not in a bad way, but the other thing that I told you, I was all excited. WHL teams are now contacting me. They have lined up and looked to see when we're at the Grey Eagle resorting casino they've seen the dates and now they're saying we're coming through we got gear for you remember that a year ago in the whl yep. bubble the east division bubble they were dropping off gear for us well they're doing it again but at the That's saddle awesome. dome and some of the games are at the seven chiefs arena too by the way which is just down the road from us so yeah bob's your uncle um bob's your uncle. another point six a point six a three members of the canadian team in beijing were in COVID-19 protocols today, according to the Canadian Olympic Committee. The 414-member Canadian delegation includes athletes, coaches, and staff. The trio of Canadians are impeded in their ability to fulfill their role at the Games, said the COC. They announced last Friday that five members of the delegation were in protocol. Three of 414. Like, what are we doing here? But again, I don't really have an opinion. To the CFL News, this is point 6B. To the CFL News, we find out on Monday by a, a, a news release issued by Canada's team, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders, that quarterback Cody Fajardo has agreed to a salary restructuring. Back in the day, they used to call these pay cuts. I remember when the CFL, at the start of this pandemic, you know, said our staff has agreed to, what they call it? Um, what did they call it? <laughs> it was a fancy way of a pay cut. Do you remember? No, the CERB, the wage subsidy. No, 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 no. That something. Oh, I should have. I should have written it down because I was. It was a very colorful way. It was a. No, not a deferral. No, it was um, no. Compensation adjustments. That's what I think it was. It was something like that. And it's like, oh, thank God. It's such a nice way of saying that you cut my salary by this amount. So anyways, Cody Fajardo, so Wayne and Victoria writes in and says, um, doesn't surprise me at all. Cody seems like a great guy that he would offer to take a pay cut. Pretty sure he didn't offer Wayne. Pretty sure. <laughs> Pretty sure the writer said, hey, Cody, we're cutting your salary by X percent. I don't know what it is. 
Um, yeah. So I've been sitting here. Yeah, you want to... Do you hear that? Yeah. Did you say something you shouldn't have? No, initially I Did thought... To trigger national cool. security? <laughs> yeah, no kidding. It would be, they don't want to be unbelievable about the Rough Riders. Compensation, compensation adjustments. I think that's what it was. So whatever you want to call it. Um, to be frank, if I may, and as they say in Naked Gun, you can be whoever you want to be. What's going on in the CFL right now is an absolute mismatch. Because you're sitting there going, Cody Fajardo, or Zach Calero signed for $550,000 in Winnipeg. That makes him the highest paid before it was Cody Fajardo, but Mike Riley had taken a pay cut and Bo Levi's restructured. So Darian Durant was the highest paid rough rider, I thought, of all time at $425,000. And Cody was at $500,000 plus, but he's never actually made that. And now he's taken a pay cut. So who is the highest paid rough rider of all time? What the hell's going on? Um, it's very hard to follow and confusing. Over to you. It's, it's a tough spot that CFL players are in, especially when the contracts aren't guaranteed, right? You know, when they can be cut, with no real payout and bonuses aren't don't need to be paid um you know what guys want to sign two-year deals so they have some job security but it doesn't really mean job security it just means you're kind of handcuffed now if you have a great year then if cody would have had a great season he's probably not restructuring his contract right because the only reason a, a way a team can come to the table and say, we need you to restructure is if they're willing to lose you, right? And they're willing to say, we're going to cut you if, if, if you're not willing to restructure. So it puts the players in a really tough spot, and I really don't like it. It's like, you agreed to this deal, honor it, but that needs to be worked out in the CBA um, because we're seeing this all the time. Bo Levi had a little bit of a down year, had to restructure his deal. Cody has a down year, has to restructure his deal. He's going to have a great year. He's going to bounce back and be worth more than that. So now it's up to Cody to play better and earn the raise back. But yeah, it's tough for the players. I feel for them for sure. Well said. Uh, so that's what it is. He had a down year, so he's going to take a pay cut. Okay, gotcha. That's what you're supposing. Who knows, right? Um, yeah. Just going through the comments here from the viewers. Ryland Spencer's watching in Seattle. He says, Shirley, you can't be serious. Stop calling me Shirley. Uh, Wayne says, Rod, I thought you said he offered to take a pay cut. I need new hearing. LOL. No, I said he agreed to take a pay cut, not offer. The bane of my existence is people hearing what they want to hear, not what I actually said. It's like the biggest anchor on my ankle. Peterson said this. No, actually, no, he didn't, but whatever. I've gotten used to it. Um, Oleg in Winnipeg is all over the place. He says, regarding the siren, Cubans are storming the beaches, Rod. <laughs> Oleg says, run for your life. Uh, I think I'm okay. Uh... My guy, my guy, uh, Luke, you know, Luke Mullender, he's just down the road in Cuba or 50 miles across the ocean. I almost sent him a text yeah. this morning and said, this is BS, man. I had to put on long sleeves to do the show today and saw it. What the hell? Um, Ryder fans coming out of the woodwork here, and I get it. Adam Schultz says, does the restructure give them the money to sign Duke Williams? 
But the thing is, we don't know. Like, if you go and read Brendan McGuire's column that's running right now at rodpeterson.com, Brendan brings up the beef that, okay, he took the pay cut, but by how much? I think that's the one thing the CFL has greatly underestimated is how much the fans love to talk about this stuff. We, Clark loves it in the NHL realm, right? Bridge deals, long deals, blah, blah, blah. I don't. I would, I care more about the games than this, but I understand there's a market for that talk and the CFL doesn't play to that. You know, you're, you're kind of somewhere in between me and Clark right on that. Yeah, I am. I'm right in between, but it does matter. And, and what happens is, you know, especially when there's a salary cap. Without a salary cap, I think it matters less. But with a cap, because you want to know and have these discussions, you know, in the offseason amongst your friends, oh, can they sign so-and-so? comes back to what we were talking about with Connor Hellebuck. You know, we didn't really factor in his contract, but that's part of it, right? You can't just go up and trade for anybody. And depending on what Cody is making, you can't just go and sign anybody either. So. It would be nice to know. It, it does create a lot more discussion, keeps the league a little more relevant, but I get it. Uh, Janice, Stan Peters fan watching in Edmonton, brought up the fact that the Edmonton Elks are in on Jeremiah Masoli, and she's surprised by that. We're going to come back an hour or two, and we'll deliberate that more. Apparently, Edmonton and Ottawa are the front runners, the suitors for Jeremiah Masoli. But uh, Moose, I'll let you adjourn and bring you back for hour two. What do you say? Sounds good. The uh, Western Hockey League announced that Kamloops Blazers forward Logan Stankoven has been named the player of the week. He ends the month of January riding a 10-game point streak in which he has accrued 27 points, vaulting him into fourth in WHL scoring. Meanwhile, Portland Winterhawks goalie Taylor Goche has been named goalie of the week. He recorded two victories to go along with a .50 goals against average, a 977 save percentage, and one shutty this past week. Five Canadian teams are on the road in the NHL tonight. The Leafs are at New Jersey one night after posting a 6-4 win over the Devils. Elsewhere, Winnipeg's at Philly. Should be guaranteed win for the Jets. Ottawa faces the Islanders. Calgary is at Dallas. And Vancouver visits Nashville. The Toronto Raptors play their second of four games in five nights when they host the Miami Heat tonight. The Raps coming off a 106-100 win at Atlanta. And baseball labor negotiations are set to resume today. Did you know they're in a lockout? The sport's ninth work stoppage began December 2nd after the expiration of a five-year labor deal. Today's session will be the first on central issues since January 24th, and the sides are apart on many economic proposals. This sports update for Ballers Rec Room. Check out our brand new line of games. And for the Tap Brewhouse and Drive Through Liquor Store, as well as Red Bull Canada. Red Bull gives you wings. Hustler Patterson from Winnipeg Sports Talk joins us next. You are watching the RP Show on the Game Plus TV network. YouTube Live and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. Did you know you can catch all the best moments from the show on all our social media platforms? Now back to the studio with Rod. Welcome back, everybody. It's Tuesday. You know what that means. Taco Tuesday. $2 tacos all across Canada. 
in all the taco locations, over 120 of them, uh, Taco Time locations. For only $2, your biggest question is, do you order hard or soft shell tacos? Beef or veggie? For me, it's hard shell and beef. Don't waste my time. Taco Tuesday at Taco Time. Listen, uh, there's so much that we can get into with Hustler Patterson with regards to the NFL and the Tom Brady news today that he's officially retiring. But Hustler, they all want your take as we bring him in from the highly popular Winnipeg Sports Talk. They want your take on the Jets. Our supposition yesterday that maybe it's time to uh, blow it up and deal some pieces off like Connor Hellebuck to the orders. Hustler, everybody thinks the season's over and it's time. Where are you on the Jets right now? Well, uh, Rod, what's up? Great to see you, and nice to see you back in your lovely southern headquarters after a week out there at the casino in Calgary. Um, listen, you. it's been a terrible couple weeks for the Winnipeg Jets, and um, you know they went on, and you know, and, and the bigger piece is, I mean, really, since Dave Lowry took over in the middle of December, this team got shut down, didn't play a lot of games. I mean, the early results were actually fine. Uh, but then they went on a four-game road trip against some of the top teams in the East, managed only two points of a possible eight, and then had two brutal games at home um, in a basically empty building last week before uh, the win to finally snap the streak on Thursday after or on Saturday afternoon against the St. Louis Blues. Bottom line for the Winnipeg Jets is it's the halfway point in the season, and they're two games above NHL 500. I mean, to get into that eighth wild card spot, we're talking about probably needing plus eleven plus 12 when it comes to wins to regulation losses. Um, but it's certainly not impossible. I mean, we're talking about the second half of the season here. So I do think it's jumping the gun right now to be talking about um, blowing things up, especially for a team that was really built, and this kind of leads to the Connor Hellebuck topic, was built around the next three seasons. You've got Connor Hellebuck signed until the end of two more years. Mark Shifley, same thing. Blake Wheeler, same thing. A little bit more term for the likes of Nikolai Ehlers, who's out right now, and Kyle Connor, who is, of course, going to the All-Star game this weekend. So it's certainly too early to pull the pin, but it does mean that this team is under an incredible amount of pressure to get on a win and have a big month of February. Because if we get to the end of February and this team is still in a similar position, uh, you know, right around the 500 mark with four or five teams in between them for the final wildcard spot. Kevin Shebeldayoff is going to have some decisions to make that I don't think anyone associated with the Winnipeg Jets thought were possible at the beginning of the season. We spent a lot of time talking about Andrew Kopp, who's an unrestricted free agent. He was the one guy that sort of was left out of uh, the offseason re-signing frenzy um, that by the time it got to Andrew Kopp, there wasn't enough to, to sign him to a long-term deal. And he's on a one-year deal with a pending UFA. And I've maintained all along, if we're talking about Andrew Kopp being traded this year, that's a very, very bad thing for the Winnipeg Jets. Well, they're almost there right now. Um, but as I said, we've got, what, six, seven weeks until the trade deadline. Still a lot of hockey left to be played. Um, the Jets showed a lot in that win against St. Louis on Saturday. Definitely need to beat the Philadelphia Flyers tonight and then come out of the All-Star break. Um, you know. Putting up some wins, Rod. Um, if that doesn't happen, we'll be talking about some trades. But mark my words, none of those trades will involve Connor Hellebuck. Sure. Well, what I'm getting from you is that it's too early. So maybe it's time to blow it up. Maybe this is the season, but just not right now. But what about this? I mean, Craig Button was on our show last week at Grey Eagle and said maybe Paul Maurice saw this coming, and that's why he pulled the pin. Like, uh, obviously, you guys have kicked that around, I'm sure, but that he jumped before he was pushed. Thoughts on that? 
Yeah. Um, listen, I think there's probably a little bit of truth to it. I mean, Maurice said essentially that, you know, he figured he had taken this group as far as he could take them. Um, and, you know, hey, when you have that same voice in the room for eight years or just about eight years, um, you know, it's professional sports. We've seen the best coaches in history get fired or move on because things got a little stale. And, uh, you know, there's all sorts of adversity that this team has had this year, but that's not unique to the Winnipeg Jets. It's happening all around the league. And, you know, the longer we move away from the Maurice era, it is it is interesting. Um, but I think Dave Lowry had some big challenges on his hands to do some of the things that, frankly, Paul Maurice didn't do. And one of those things was to really establish a level of accountability in the team that ran from the bottom all the way to the top of the lineup. And um, you know, we've seen that. A lot of people expected Dave Lowry just to be Paul Marie's light or basically the same thing, coming from the same coach's room and not much changes. Um, Mark Scheifele spent the last five minutes of the Vancouver game on the bench and the last three and a half minutes of the game in St. Louis on Saturday on the bench. Mark Scheifele wears an A. Mark Scheifele is one of the most important and maybe the most important player on the team, to be honest, uh, when it comes to what will happen in, in, uh, in February. There's been a lot of times this year where he hasn't seemed very engaged. The points are there for the most part. The defensive zone has been, you know, a disaster at times. Um, and that's been a big problem for uh, for the Winnipeg Jets. I mean, uh, you know, Dave Lowry's pushing the buttons that he thinks he needs to make to get more out of Mark Shifley, to get more of that commitment because he knows what it means for the rest of the team. Um, as far as Maurice goes, I mean, I think he just sort of realized it was the end of the road. I sort of do agree. I mean, when you, if you heard Sheveldayoff speak afterwards, it was clear that they'd had a number of conversations dating back to losing to Montreal in the playoffs. Um, that, you know, maybe it was time for a different voice or to move in a different direction. And then the team came out and had a 9-3-3 and start. And everyone thought, all right, this is the team that we expected. November into December was a real mess. Um, you know, it happened to the Jets. It certainly happened to the Edmonton Oilers as well. We've seen the Oilers put some wins together. It's time for the Winnipeg Jets to do the same if they want to salvage this season and have at least meaningful games being played into the end of November when GMs have to make those tough and final decisions at the deadline. Dan Asham watching in Winnipeg has a lot of comments and questions. He says Winnipeg sports talk rocks with Huss. I think number 55 has to step it up. What do you think? You just addressed that in Mark Shifley. So I'm going to switch this to football now. Before we even get to Tom Brady, you and your good buddy, Gary Lawless, traveled to so many Super Bowls. Hustler and Lawless, I was always so jealous. And I'm finally going to be able to go to one this year in L.A. What's your best Super Bowl story, Huss, from your travels, man, and being on Rady Row and stuff, and maybe where you went, can't believe I'm in this guy's presence. What, what are your memories of that? Well, you know what? I mean, honestly, it's the best. It's the, I mean, if you're in our business, it is the, the best week. And it's the greatest opportunity to speak to people that, frankly, we would never normally get a chance to talk to. Um, you know, the list of NFL Hall of Famers that will be rolling through Radio Row, especially early on in the week before things get really crazy, um, is amazing. I mean, for me as a lifelong Chiefs fan, still suffering from the game on Sunday, I mean, we had a chance to speak to uh, Christian Okoya, the Nigerian nightmare. That was a huge one for me. Um, Jerry Krause, Packers legend, came on the program. Um, but, I mean, we spoke to Dan Marino at times. I mean, just some guys that, frankly, you would not normally get to. But I will tell you, Rod, by far the, the best thing about being around Super Bowl week is everything else that happens. And I will admit, at one point, I uh, did utilize some smooth talking and a press credential to get into uh, the Bud Light Hotel 
where somebody brought me backstage to, to get me in. This was an outdoor, uh, a, sort of a semi-outdoor event. Uh, and I walk through the back and I'm in the presence of a bunch of uh, hip hop dancers and I'm five feet away from Nicki Minaj and rolled out into Ooh. this area. And the next thing you know, Nikki's out doing her thing in an exclusive party, and I'm like, I cannot. I'm here, and all the beer was free too, which was uh, which was nice that? as well. So, um, you know, there, there's there's so many neat things in and around it. But as someone you know like you, that you know is uh, well versed in so many different sports, but especially the National Football League. I mean, a good portion of the week is speaking with legends, active players, talking about the game. Um, but then there's all sorts of other media and especially in los angeles i mean i can't imagine the potential for people on the entertainment side of things i mean we had adam sandler on one time which was huge for us he was an absolute riot um but i think you'll see a ton of adam sandlers if you will taking the advantage to promote whatever the heck they're doing coming out of COVID um on radio row at, the, at los angeles so uh i'm very happy for you guys and i'll be uh, paying close attention to your hijinks over the course of the week there in uh, southern california Thanks, Haas. Well, pretty quiet uh, for me these days. Just being there will be a lot of fun. We are out of time. I apologize, but Haas, thanks. Give a plug to Winnipeg Sports Talk for our viewers, if you don't mind. You bet it. Right after the RP show, actually, every day we get going at 1 o'clock Central. Uh, same place if you're watching on YouTube uh, with Rod. Just put in Winnipeg Sports Talk, hit the sub button, and uh, of course you can uh, search Winnipeg Sports Talk on all your favorite podcasts, too. We usually get it up just in time for the drive home here in Winnipeg and Southern Manitoba. Keep killing it, buddy. Good, uh, good chatting with you. Thanks, pal. Hustler Patterson from Winnipeg Sports Talk joining us from the Slurpee Capital. When we come back, taco time, viewer takeover. You are watching the RP Show on Game Plus Television Network, YouTube Live, and 24-hour sports radio at rodpeterson.com. Have you subscribed to the Rod Peterson Show YouTube channel yet? Head to youtube.com slash the Rod Peterson Show now. us your opinions now we won't victimize you unless you really deserve it now back to your host rod peterson welcome back everybody it's taco time viewer takeover every day i do this segment alone guys every day every day the last block of hour one as I often say, the boss is away. It's just you and me. So let's get the comments in. So I don't expect Darren to log back in until the top of the hour. My cousin Chris is watching in Medicine Hat. She says, Rod picked the best two weeks to be in Alberta, weather-wise. Thank you, Chris. And uh, we are coming back February 14th for four weeks, maybe longer, right after Super Bowl. The crappy thing is we were supposed to host... I'll let it out of the bag right now. We were supposed to host Canada's biggest Super Bowl party at Gray Eagle in the event center. Up to 2,000 people were going to be invited down to watch the game. And then because of COVID restrictions that we were all hoping would be dropped by then, they aren't going to be. We had to cancel the party. So anyways, what's going on with me is uh, we'll be going to one party at Super Bowl. That's Thursday night. Mike Ditka and Ron Jaworski's party Thursday. And then Saturday... Lee Steinberg's party, they say, is the party to go to. Um, may go to that. I'm not sure. We'll see. On a budget here. <laughs> Ryland Spencer watching in Seattle says, Taco time sounds so good. 
Interesting. Ryland Spencer, can I just throw one in here? Ryland, he's watching in Seattle. He says, I saw the Steinbeck Pistons a few years back at the RBC Cup, the Royal Bank Cup, the National Junior A Championship. He says, Steinbeck legend Miles Stays was sitting in front of us. Listen, I'll tell you a story about Miles Stays. We got him in Regina with the Pats. He had come from the Spokane Chiefs, and he was drafted by the Atlanta Thrashers. I was just telling this story the other day. And he rolls in to Regina in this convertible red Mustang. And I said, Stacy, would you pay for that thing? He goes, $30,000, bought it with my signing bonus. I said, but your signing bonus was $25,000. He said, yeah. I said, you signed for $25,000 and you bought a $30,000 car. Yeah. Have a seat, Miles. Let's have a little talk about money. How about that? That's my take on <laughs> story of Miles Stace. Love the guy. Could use a little financial advice. Everybody, where's my bell? Tell a miracle 5050. The online raffle is live. Purchase your tickets now at tellamiracle.com. It's another way to support Kinsman Teller Miracle and also have the chance to win half the jackpot. It's truly a win win. For Saskatchewan residents, the Kinsman Foundation is helping people every day improve their quality of life and independence through gifts of mobility equipment and medical travel assistance. Tickets can be bought by anyone over the age of 19 that is physically in the province of Saskatchewan. The draw date is March the 2nd. You see the pot doubled since the last time I looked. How about that? $726,000 last year. So let's get on board and uh, support that. Um, People want to talk about uh, Tom Brady. Ryan H. says, hey, Rod, what's your take? Will Brady ever coach? Remind me of that. I want to talk about that coming back next hour, okay? We'll get into that CFL story if you want. Stories and all the rest. The Moose will join us for hour two coming up after this break right here on Game Plus TV. Head to YouTube.com slash The Rod Peterson Show now. You gotta subscribe. Click the subscribe button for all the content you may have missed. For more Rod Peterson on demand, visit rodpeterson.com. Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly. An AI writing partner that helped me make my point. 96% of Grammarly users say that it helps them craft more impactful writing. Would you agree? Grammarly helped adjust my tone to navigate tough work conversations. And it works everywhere I write, so I can quickly communicate effectively. Your teammate used Grammarly to summarize an important document, making a three-pointer. How did he do it? It only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. You made an incredible slam dunk to end the game. The meeting was canceled, and your team will go home champions. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. 
And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.